Hello and welcome to episode two of the Pub People Podcast. Grab your favorite brew and join us around the table. Today we tackle the shelf of shame. My name is Gary. I'm Brian. I'm Chuck. And I'm Brian. So guys, uh, here we are again around the table. Mm. And that always uh, you know, makes me ask the question, you know, what are you drinking? What brew do you have sitting in front of you? Well, I'll start. Um, last time we, uh, I brought a little something-something for Gary, but this time I brought something-something for me. This is my favorite of the, uh, of the Trappist beers that we can get in the States. It's the St. Bernardus. And I say it's my favorite. It's, it's the one that's most dependable. Okay, so... I think that there are some that may be better in the Trappist um, family, but this one has never let me down in any situation. It's it's the one that I can break out anytime, and I'm never worried what the other guy's going to think. So if you like a Trappist brew, St. Bernie's, that's what I got. St. Bernie. <laughs> hey, I'm 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 a I'm bumming off you again this time. This is uh, it's this my is, pleasure, Gary. Hey, man, and you that, you that always bring it, the good beers. Though. That makes it a tradition. Right? It's, it's a tradition. Uh, it's a tradition so. <laughs> oh, I forgot. How convenient. No, no, no. It's my pleasure, Gary. I, I love sharing beer. Hey, man, this is um this is good. It's a tasty beer. So, what about you, Chuck? Yeah, so I got a a Shiner um, birthday beer. Uh, it's, it's basically like a coffee ale. It's actually it's your uh, birthday next month. It will be, but it is green, like St. Patrick's, and my favorite color. So that's kind of what attracted me to it. Uh, whatever, but it's really good. Actually, I like it better than regular Shiner. So, and you said um, it's a it's a coffee. It's, yeah, it's like a, it's a coffee ale. So um, if you like coffee, you like beer, try it out. Speaking of beer, I'm drinking tea. <laughs> <laughs> So the, what I've got in front of me, I, I'll be the odd man out again this week, and I guess that makes it a tradition also, since this is the second time. You're such a rebel. I know, right? Always challenging the institution. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm drinking a green tea this evening. Uh, it's a Twinings uh, green tea, and apparently, I didn't know this, I looked at the little tag, but these, these people making the stuff, it says they have over 300 years of experience making tea. So this better be good. I well, I guess here in a little bit we need to ask you. We need yeah. to ask. You know, Does it taste like three hundred years worth of tea? Does <laughs> it, it tastes like a three hundred year old tea? Like <laughs> that may that? not be <laughs> what we think it means. Actually, I like Twinings a lot. I I, uh, I usually get to Twinings Earl Grey, and it's it's good stuff. I know, I've had that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's delicious stuff. All right, guys. Well, um, I guess let's talk a little bit about what we what we've been playing. Um, first, though, I think we we need to announce that Chuck got the colonist. Uh, that's a big big thing here for our whole group because we can tag along, and, and when our friend gets a cool game, we're like, "Yes, I get to play that too." So, you want to talk a little bit well, about that? Yeah, I'm I'm rather excited about it. Uh, for any of y'all that saw our our uh, games that we were excited about on the SM SM posts on our website. Um, uh, Colonist was kind of the first on my list. Uh, it looked like an intriguing game, uh, a game that has uh, not one playthrough, but actually four different eras where you get to continue to grow your colony and, and build it up. And uh, it, I think what it reminded me of was um, uh, like Age of Empires, like the old game where you, you have the yeah. eras that you go through oh. on the computer. It just, it's great. And this is kind of... Uh, a worker placement game where you're moving around a board um, and that that idea still intrigues me and I think this one's going to do it really well. Uh, you get to build your board the, which is the basically the original colony and then you make your own colony off of that. But you build this, this main colony and 
you get to place the pieces as you build this colony, and it's kind of neat because you can create little combos as you build because you have to use whatever you land on. And so if you're going to go across the colony, you you know if you, you got to get wood, so maybe you put something that you need wood to build close to it, and then you can kind of... So it's, it's a really neat idea, and I'm, I'm really excited to get this to the table. I, I like the idea of that spatial, <laughs> spatial element. Um, you don't always have that, you know, in a lot of... A lot more of those Euro-style Euro games, so I think I'm excited, like what you were just describing. That, that should be pretty awesome. So your house Saturday, 8 a.m., right? <laughs> <laughs> is it is it each era per game, or is it you play the eras well, throughout one game? So there, there are different ways to do it. Um, the the eras, I think, if I, if I understand correctly, last kind of an hour, an hour and a half each, uh, probably more so if you know the game better says it can last up to like 8 to 10 hours, but that's if you actually play era, each era back-to-back. Mm. Um, and what happens, it's got a kind of a save feature. Uh, essentially, at the end of every era, if you decide you want to stop playing, um, you don't have to take a picture of the game. It, it's just uh, it, you, you add up all the stuff that you've gotten, and you get an, a point allotment for it. And then when you come back, you get to use those points, and then you just basically rebuild your colony. It may not look the same, but it, you, you get the same base idea uh depending on what you had done before so that's it's kind of a cool. neat idea that's a real cool idea um i love how uh, uh time stories does that also it allows you uh, you can save your game in, in the middle of a uh in the middle of a run through a, a scenario so that you don't have to come back to it later or so you can come back to it later and you don't lose your place it actually has a place in the insert to put everything the, the thing I like about that, too, is if you do play on separate days, maybe one day you're going for a certain strategy, and then you come back a week later, and you're like, you know, I didn't really like what I was doing. I'm going to do something else. And so you can build your board to do a different strategy entirely. And this it's called an epic strategy game, and it definitely... If you've seen any of the amount of cardboard that came in the box, oh man, it is definitely epic. Epic, <laughs> epic, epic, totally. I, I approve. Did I you approve. see my cardboard? <laughs> there was a lot. Goodness. Well, any other uh, any other new games here? Anyone else picked up any anything anything new? Okay, so um, yeah, last earlier this month, I should say, uh, Brian got his copy in, or we got the copy his copy to the table of Great Western Trail. Woo-hoo. And I loved it. I think it's going to be one that when, when it becomes available and it's not out of stock anymore, I'll probably end up picking it up too. I yeah. think that'll happen in March. I was interested in it after the reviews I read, but then, of course, when you when your game group talks about it, your gaming friends talk about it, to me that, that gets me even more excited about a game. Yeah. And the way you guys talked, all three of you talked about that game. Uh, so I started looking into it. I think March yeah. is... I get excited about games, but every now and then, and it happens more times than not with, when Brian and I get together and play a game, so maybe he's just got a good taste in games. But we, we sit down, we play a game, and it's those games. We've done it two or three times now where the next day we're texting back and forth yeah. about that game. And we, like it's still on the mind, and we're still thinking through the strategy. Yeah. We did yeah. it with Forbidden Stars. We did it with Star Wars Rebellion. But those games are somewhat similar-ish in genre. This is completely different. This is more oh, yeah. Euro, and we're doing that with a Euro game. So it was on my mind. I liked it a lot. And that was really that's really been the big... I guess the big game for me this month was playing through Great Western Trail with you. Yeah, that game was a ton of fun to play. It was I really enjoyed the. Uh, you're talking about the spatial aspect of the worker placement. And you kind of get a little bit of that and through you know through the going through the trail and Great Western Trail, and then add, add on to that the your hand management and deck building aspect of your your cows and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's a it's a really fun game, and I'm actually 
you can look for on our website next month. We're going to be spotlighting that game, um, and uh, you can find out more about that when we start doing that. But basically, each week we're going to be you know highlighting something about the game, um, uh, whether that's producing some a resource for the game, like a like a foam core insert or something like that, or talking about the game. But for a month, we're going to focus in on on a game, and that's going to be our first one. So you can be looking for that in Spoilers. March. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about that. I, that. I actually need to catch up and play play the game with oh, you guys. Yeah. I don't usually like just kind of what you're talking about the hand management. I usually don't like hand management deck building kind of things in games. You guys know that because we played them. Uh, but I liked it in that game. I got it. Well, it's yeah. one of those things. It made sense. And yeah. Chuck, you played with it. You played us too. Yeah, uh, and I, I think I think what makes it so much easier probably for the deck building is because it's it's such a, like a minor little aspect of it but it's such a neat way to do the resource management in that game uh to get your points i think it's really cool yeah no i, lo- I love how it's a you draw your hand at the beginning of a run through this trail and the whole point basically of running through the trail is to i mean you're gaining some resources and stuff but the, the point is to really call your hand and get the right hand the right cards into your hand so that by the time you get to the end you have a great combo to score points with. Yeah, it was really, really cool yeah, implementation. And, and that whole trail driving thing, I mean, I said it when we were playing. It's like, this is what Lords of Zidit should have done. Mm. <laughs> as far Ooh. as the way you travel and get to do things. So, yeah. yeah. Careful. Calling careful. them out. Careful. <laughs> careful. We're going to have some rabid Lords of Zidit yeah. fan calling us yeah, out. Well, Eventually, they'll... It must they'll... be said. Eventually they'll they'll pick up Gary. You can cut this from the podcast if you want, but eventually people are gonna, people are going to figure out that Lords of Zidit is a synonymous term that we use for we replace cussing with Lords of Zidit sometimes. Yeah, um, if a game's equated to Lords of Zidit, don't bring it over to our house. That's right. That's right. Um, it's not welcome. It's, it's in, anyway another game, but another game that I got out um, recently that I've really liked. I've been excited about it for a while. I've been playing some Tack lately. Oh man! And I, really I got to play a few game. games tonight with our friend Way. Uh, got to play some tack. Play tack. Playtack.com. You haven't play tack. played tack, tack with tack. me yet. Haven't played tack with you. I'm sorry. Sorry I even brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> Such a so, tease. So what, so what do you... Uh, tell us a little bit about the game. So tack, tack was uh, originally a fictional game. Didn't exist at all. There's plenty of... If, if you've heard about it, you've heard this story before. So I won't get too deep into it. If you haven't heard it, there's plenty of people talking about it. Um, but Patrick Rothfuss... Wrote uh, Name of the Wind and uh, Wise Men's Fear, and Tack is a fictional game within within Wise Men's Fear. Then James Ernest comes along. Uh, you guys might be familiar with his games, Lords of Vegas, one of my favorite games. He comes along and he basically writes the rules for Patrick Rothfuss, makes a really easy sh- uh, abstract strategy game, something that you could teach to uh, anybody who maybe doesn't like abstract strategy. They may not like it, but it's easy, and uh, and it's it's fun f- if. For me, so I like it a lot. Yeah, I got to play that with you once, and I, I really enjoyed my Creamed play. me at Maybe it. that's why I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, because I beat yeah. you so bad. We need, a, we, we need a rematch. That always makes it fun. <laughs> that does always kind of heighten my enjoyment of the game. <laughs> Especially can... when it's Brian. When you yeah. win or when you beat me? That's that's the question. <laughs> Man, so with this group, so I'm just, if, with this group, if I eke out a win, I feel pretty good. <laughs> anyway, that's tack. It's not the best. Anyway, it's, it's really fun. I got to do a lot of tack uh, here recently, so... Speaking of our shelf of shame, I've been trying to challenge myself to get some of these games that I haven't played in a while or that I have not played yet that are sitting on my shelf this year. Um, I don't know if anyone of you guys use the uh, Board Game Stats app for iOS, but I do. I, I kind of went ahead and upgraded. Like for 99 cents, you can buy this little challenges pack or whatever. But um, 
it allows you to, to challenge yourself. And I, so I've challenged myself to play 100 games one time each, at least this year. Because, you know, we've talked about, we talked about a little bit in the last episode that we love games, but we don't always get to play them as much as we'd like. And so I was trying to be very, very aware of the games I'm playing and not just go back for my old, old favorites. But I'll, I say all this um, just because I've, I, I have a, a thing for uh, February, a challenge for February. And uh, so I was looking at some shelf, games on the shelf that I thought maybe I can get out. And uh, I recently got a couple games of Suburbia in with my son. Mm. And he's, he's 10 now. And um, I just, he just turned 11. We started before he, he turned 11. It's pretty interesting how a, a kid that age even can kind of get the basic idea of that game. And like in the first game, it was just him learning. In the second game... Like I, you know, it was one of those games where I scored like 12 points more, but really that all came from one tile. Like if I would not have got this one tile, then he probably would have beat me or would have tied. And so we've had some really great games with that. And it, it reminds me of how much I really like that game. And I know you've played it, correct, Brian? Suburbia? Yes. I know, uh, Chuck, you and I have talked about it, and it's a shame we've never got it to the table. Yeah, that needs to come um, out. Yeah, okay. All right, so how about, how about you, Brian? I've gotten some... Good games in recently that I've really enjoyed. I've been uh, jealous of what I've heard you playing this month. Oh man, you've had some good ones. Um, so I'm going to start with a little bitty game that um, called Quinto. Um, it's a little dice game uh, that I would actually recommend if you, if uh, you have someone that likes Yahtzee and you want to take it a little deeper than that. Uh, Quinto is is the perfect game for that. Basically, there's three dice of three different colors. Uh, on your turn, you uh, pick the number of dice you want to throw, which colors you throw them. Add the uh, the total together, and then uh, on your score pa- on you have a score pad in front of you, kind of like you do in Yahtzee, and uh, there, there's a there's a, a row for each color of the dice basically, and you choose which row you want to put that uh, score in that you just rolled. You have to have rolled the dice of that color to put it in in, in a row, uh, and one of the, but the kicker is is your your numbers that you're putting in your row have to ascend, mm-hmm. so you, like obviously like on the left. It has to be your lowest numbers on the right. Have to be your highest numbers. So you have to, uh, uh, when you start the game and you're 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 writing down your first score in there, you have to be really conscious of what I might get after that, what uh, whether that's higher or lower. And the other big part about this game that makes it so much fun is that on every person's turn you're paying attention because whatever someone rolls, they have to write it down, but you can write it down. So you're always paying attention to what someone else rolls to see if it fits into your the way you're scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so really, really fun game. Uh, really quick. Um, it can it can play quite a few people. Uh, so, What was that game you brought over to my house with the expedition? At Lost Cities. Lost Cities. That is sound, so in Lost Cities you're doing some similar, but it's like cards. You start with a number, and then of yeah. course if you have to skip a number, you're lost because you can't, you can't get that number back. And it sounded a lot like how you described where you insert the dice on the mm-hmm. score pad. And yeah. I've seen the score pad too. There's a little bit more to it. It's, I guess it would be kind of hard to explain... Well, the other, with the, the, with the other part of it is you, you have you have rows that are colors and then you have columns. Any anytime so there's three rows and anytime there's a, a column that has you know space from all three rows in it, uh, you can also you know if you fill those up and they're of different numbers, uh, then you score that column also right. at the end of the at the end of the game. It's kind of a bonus. Um, so you'll score each row at the end of the game and then you'll score those columns if you've filled them in with different numbers. You have to really think about where you're putting your your numbers into those different spots it's a it's a really fun game like straight die roll but strategy yes so yeah strategy and where it's all in where you place it and uh who's uh who you know picking up other people's die rolls and stuff like that that they roll so 
you're constantly paying attention. There's no downtime. It's real fast. Um, great game. Another game that I got to finally play that I've been wanting to play is Cry Havoc. Ooh. I know. Jelly. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to uh, try that one out. I've actually like, heard a lot yay, of... We're so happy that you got to play. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually heard a lot of you know, people kind of griping about this game, a little bit about the balance of it, and I, I didn't experience that at all. Uh, it's a very asymmetric game. In other words, each faction in the game plays very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the big complaints I've heard is that the humans are just insanely overpowered. And either I'm a horrible game player, but I was the human that I lost. Um, and it was a close game all the way till the end. So um, I think the key to that game is you play your faction to its strengths. You, know, you can't just play it like uh, uh, like you want to. You, you kind of have to play to its strengths, which is actually a really cool uh, aspect to the game. But basically it's an area control kind of game. It's a, a battling game. The battle mechanism in it really sets it apart. Uh, where you will uh, pick between these three different battle objectives, basically. like this. So the attacker will choose, uh, they'll, they'll take their minis off the board and they'll choose where to place their, their guys into, the, into this battle board, uh, these th- three different battle objectives. And then the defender will do the same thing. And uh, so one of the objectives is uh, controlling the region. So if you win that objective, you maintain control of that region. Um, another one is taking prisoners. Uh, so you can actually uh, take the, the, the your opponent's minis prisoner, and they, they score you points. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and the the last one is casualties, basically. Uh, it's where you can inflict casualties on one side or the other. So r- really cool game. I highly recommend it. I, I would love to add it to my shelf. My shelf is just really full right now, and it's really mm-hmm. full of games that I haven't played, you know, because we're going to get to the shelf for shame in a minute. So hopefully I'll get to add this into my shelf soon. But... Um, that's that's yeah we i really want to play this game and and, and since you don't own it since you played someone else's copy that's two more steps away like i gotta befriend this other person oh you know him oh yeah then we're already friends the other other brian the other other brian other other brian if you're listening so yeah i I almost uh got to play this game it was it was our game night and and i got there and i saw i was like yeah let's play this and then we played another game and then i was like okay i'm gonna stay and then we played another game. That's right. I remember and this then, story. And then 2 a.m. rolls around, and we still haven't played Cry Havoc. That's right. <laughs> We're playing well, like... That's why you stayed the whole night. Yes. It never happened. Which, by the way, the uh, the deluxe edition of Love Letter, it, too many people don't do it. That game needs to be four. <laughs> Dude, that's like insult to injury. You, you had to play Love Letter instead of Cry yes! Havoc? That's oh, even worse, so, man. It's not like you were... I waited so long. And they told you you were going to play Cry Havoc then. Yes, we were going to do it. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you destroyed this man's soul. We, we did get to play, uh, what is it? Uh, I think it's called Viking Chess or something. You have these blocks that you, it, it's kind of a dexterity game, but you get a field and you put these like wooden blocks up and you throw these rods at them and try to knock them down and you throw them to the other person's side. And then they. You were playing board games in a field. Yes, like a big soccer field. We were. I heard th- about that. It was fun. That, I mean, it it kind of you know it wasn't cry havoc, but it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> so another game I got uh, to the table finally. Uh, th- this is coming off of my shelf of shame. Finally, is Risk Europe, um, and yeah, it has the name Risk in the title, but to me, it doesn't feel like Risk. Um, it's a. I mean, it, you have. Uh, it's a dudes on a map game, um, so you, and you're fighting over uh, medieval Europe, 
but it is a victory point style game. In other words, the scattered on the board are uh, these different cities, and they're they're worth crowns, and you're trying to collect seven crowns before the uh, to win the game. Um, and you're going to be doing that by um, actually collecting taxes um, from the regions that you control. Um, so it's really important to control a, a continuous uh, set of regions in the game. So if, if, if those get cut off from each other, you don't get to collect as much taxes and stuff. But um, So uh, one of the main differences uh, between uh, a normal risk game and this one is the the way you take actions in the game. In, in normal risk, you know, you just decide what you want to do and you move your guys and, and that's it. In this, uh, you have uh, very specific actions that are uh, shown on a little hand of cards that you have. And uh, basically every round you pick two cards and you'll get to do those two actions during that round. And you don't get those cards back until you've used all of your other cards. So you have to be really conscious of uh, when you tax um, or when you move. And when, you know, it, it, it makes those... Um, uh, those actions feel a lot more uh, consequential, I guess. You know, a lot more consequence to those actions and when they happen. Um, so, and so, and and the, the 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 crowns thing make for really interesting back and forth in territory control because you can't in this game it's it's kind of hard to amass a huge huge army and cover the board. You don't really do that in this game at all. Um, and so oh, you're you're having to kind of cover your. Uh, your fronts in different areas and you you end up having to leave something wide open for someone to come in and, and waltz in and take a crown and uh, but anyway it's it's a, it's a lot of fun it's, so the other difference is it's actually a good game right it's a it's a great game <laughs> yeah. um no, the other thing no, that i would risk say is fine but you know oh yeah i, I, no, I, I get it I, i'd much rather play something you're else give, than you're giving but. it too much credit uh, the other the other big thing about this game that I, last bit i want to throw in this is actually a really perfect gateway game for someone who uh, likes Risk. Uh, it'd be a game you could say, hey, let's play this. And it's a really good step up into some different uh, mechanisms and things like that that you can then springboard off of that into some more complex strategy games. And you said the playtime was really good, pretty good, right? Because that yeah. that's my biggest beef. Like the times when I used to play Risk, it was like four or five hours, and, yeah. and it used to always just. You, you almost. We rarely made it to the end of a game of Risk. You usually yeah. just said, hey, you've got, you know, now this game, halfway through, you're like, you win, man. I, I'm tired. You know? This game, it was, it was the first game I played of it, and it was the first game that uh, three of the players had played of it. And so we learned the game in about 20 minutes, and uh, the actual play time was about an hour. That's not bad at all. And it, I play that. it felt good. It, it, like, that hour felt good. Well, I guess uh, you guys want to go ahead and kind of move uh, ease into our, our main topic here. I guess... We wanted to talk about our, our shelf of shame and, and how we define that was uh, those games that we've bought, you know, in, in, in buying binges or, or whatever. You know, we see a good deal on Amazon Oops. or cool stuff. or <laughs> no, I can't turn that down. And, you know, it sits on our shelf six months, a year, sometimes longer. And uh, we're going to kind of talk about a couple of those games. Some of them we want to get rid of. Uh, some of them, you know, we still are holding on to, hoping for that perfect game day when... You know, every, everyone says, yeah, let's play that game, you know. so You, you made it sound a lot nicer. Like, you, you gave us legitimate reasons for buying some of these games. <laughs> but the truth is, I, I've, I'm i more spontaneous, more, you know. Oh, I, um, I have those games. I will, I will just buy a game, no deal. It wasn't even a game I really wanted that much. <laughs> That's not true. But <laughs> It is. So so <laughs> it is. So, what's the, <laughs> so what's the story behind that one then? You just you, on a whim you, you got that one and 
I honestly, I, I don't have a very big shelf of shame. I'm, uh, you know, I, I was a little jealous when we were we were uh, on the Slack channel uh, talking about this, and you were saying that you've reduced your unplayed game count to pretty low. Not only that, but um, usually when I buy, I do have a couple of games that have sat on my shelf for a while, but um, I'm good at getting the games I buy to the to the table. Even if it's not as much as I want, like if we want to really be hard line on this, there's only two on my shelf right now, and and I and uh, there's rarely been more than two. I will say there's games on my shelf I haven't played enough, or that I I've just broke up with my wife, and it was kind of two player to learn the rules, but it wasn't really like a game night where I really got a good feel for yeah, how it plays yeah. with mm-hmm. gamers or or how it even plays beyond like your first learner game so uh we're starting with me then okay yeah you're on the spot yeah the uh, the first game that's on my shelf of shame and i'm not ashamed of this at all is cave troll um i was excited about cave troll uh, i got it for different reasons than playing it and and since i got it and i read over the rules i'm actually excited about playing it. i think this will be a really fun game to play the reason why we haven't played it yet the reason why i wasn't made to a game night is i'm painting the miniatures I think that's a legitimate reason. Um, It's a very good reason. It's taken me a year, and I'm not very far. Uh, We won't talk about that. (laughs) But uh, I'm new at painting miniatures. I've only done the Learn to Paint kit, which we have a review of that on our website. And I bought this game because it was 30 bucks, and it comes with over 60 miniatures. And that's why I bought it. Like, what other game can you get with 60 miniatures, not all the same? And and I I bought it mainly for a painting tutorial before I paint some of the games I, I thought I'd care more about. And it turns out I think I'm really going to like this game. I want to play it really bad, but half my minis are primed. So that's not a very it's, interesting reason. It's a better reason than I don't have time, but it's it's still, um, you know, I think it's a legitimate reason for not I've heard really good so things about this one recently. In fact, uh, I heard, heard someone talking about it the other day. And they they really made me want to play. It's an game. older game, and I think it's a solid game for for especially for an older game. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be solid, but I don't know. It's a, it's it's an unplayed one, and and I don't have we don't have a review for it. So no, I I, um, I put a whole lot of thought into this shelf of shame thing. Is uh, probably more thought than I really should or, or spent time doing. But um, so what you described there is something I call a, like a planned game. It's like you have a specific plan for it. Like for example, I, I have a. Um, mice and mystics, mystics sitting on my shelf and um, but I bought it we have twin boys um, and a couple other boys but I bought this when the twins were a year old and I was like you know what I'm going to have this when they're seven or eight and they want, and we're ready to play this game Right. so that's sitting on my shelf it's not on my shelf for shame because I bought it with a specific plan in mind so mm-hmm. I think you have an out yeah well it's interesting you mentioned Mice and Mystics as kind of a side I have that game too same reason and our kids are about the same age we have broke it open, but we don't play the game. We we play with the game, right? And uh, and so we're we're playing a, a my Mystics campaign that I make up as we go. The rules, the rules are not the rules of the game, but my kids understand them. And we tell these stories. I had no idea my my younger girl. I had no idea she was such a feisty warrior till we pulled that game out. And she's like, I'm gonna go kill those cockroaches, Daddy. And I'm like, You go get them, girl. And she's like, So feisty. Any other time of the day, she's like timid as all can be until she becomes a little mouse anyway so we need to get our kids together that, that and, game, uh, that game is very mystics. cool Gary you have older kids and you we're into the Downward Tales campaign but I'll say this about Mice and Mystics that's the only game I actively like will cheat with my kids and and, and it's only because like it's cooperative yeah well it's cooperative but like if you've played like two hours and the final thing the final battle is like down to one die roll and and you know I'll be like I'll tell my daughter 
well, it hit the booklet, you know, hit the rule book, you know, re-roll that, you know, <laughs> and they're like, well it, well, it hit my cup, you know, it's not a, that's not a fair roll, you know. There have been a couple instances where I have kind of done that just because we're so anxious to get to the next story, you know, and I, and as much as I love the game, I don't want to replay that chapter, I want to go to the next chapter. So there have been a couple times where, where I've um, modified a few things, um, so I think that's a game that's ripe for that, though. I think for, for me, uh, one that I've had on my shelf for a little while, and I know why I bought it. And I bought a Kanban, Automotive Revolution, uh, Vital Lacerda. Um, I bought it after I played uh, The Gallerist by him. I really liked the way he designed games. I'd read some good stuff about it. And I got the game, and uh, I actually got a used copy of it. It's already punched and everything. It's ready to go. And I'm just a little intimidated by the game. How long, so is it, many, how long has it been on your shelf? Man, probably seven or eight months. It's it's just intimidating because there's a lot of bits in the game. And then it's also not the kind of game... It's a game I have to get out with like this group or there's a couple other Euro gamers I'll, I'll game with. I can't just bring it out like when my sister and her husband come over. Like I'll, I, I recently brought out Agricola with them. I can get games, like medium weight games like that. But we've just now built up to that. So I can't just throw Kanban at them. You know, I mean, and I, I've read through the rule book, but it's... It's one where I need to read through it again now at this point. So it's kind of that game where I'm I'm so excited about it. I'd like to play it. And then... Is this one that's staying on your shelf? Yeah, it's staying on my shelf. Like, I I really like uh, Lacerda's designs. Um, in fact, I actually... I, I bought a, a, in a BGG auction. I got a Venus by him as well. And it's I still have not yet played that one. Um, but I just like the way... I like his games. And so... Um, they'll stay on my shelf until I play them. I mean, I'm not getting rid of those games. I probably have the biggest list of our group, I think. Um, I think so, sir. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I, let's and just go ahead and say it. You do. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, that's not a, beat around the bush. That's a testament to um, either my horrible buying habits or... Um, well, wait, wait, that's not called horrible. I think they're wonderful. But <laughs> So, and I doubt I'm going to have nearly as many added to my list this year. This year is going to be a year of getting these games played or playing games that I currently have. Um, I'm really trying to plan out my purchases uh, better so that I will actually get to play the games that I get. So whenever I was looking at this, I looked at uh, mainly uh, two different categories of games, games that I purchased or received like a long time ago and for some reason they didn't come out, or games that I'm calling whim games, games I just was like, ooh, 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 I'll buy that right now, and there it is, and they came to my house and, oh... No, I'm not quite so excited about it. So, um, and these are games you had on the shelf for a while. Because yeah. let's be clear, I mean, you can't call this a shelf of shame if you bought it, you know, a month ago. Like yeah. it's got to be something yeah. that's that's collected dust. Yeah, I would not. I would not consider a recent purchase a you know on my shelf of shame. Yeah. So uh, the first game on my list is Exodus Proxima Centauri. Mm. Um, it's a. Uh, I'm, yes. I'm a huge fan of uh, 4X we uh, get Space this one out. Conquest. We... Oh, it's sitting. It's actually I have it sitting out now because I'm reading the rules again. Let's do this one. Let's <laughs> again. Reading the rules again. How many and, times does this make? Uh, at least three. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I always get a game out and plan to play it, and then it never happens. So, um, but uh, this is like this was not a win purchase. This is one of those purchases that's like I know I love the genre. The game looks amazing. Um, and uh, everything that I've heard about it is, is wonderful. You're a TI3 fan. I am. So I, this would be kind of right up your alley. Yes. I, I love Twilight Imperium 3. I love Eclipse. Um, 4X is your jam. It, it is. And unfortunately it is. Uh, you know, with uh, four kids, busy life, um, busy home, busy work, those kind of games just don't make it to the table as often. 
so and that's, that's actually one of the reasons that like I was thinking about this game is like well why haven't I played it yet and um, I've, I've had opportunities um, but one of the things I've realized is that I I, I have like kind of a, an aversion right now to like teaching and learning complex games um, and I think it's because I'm tired and busy all the time and I, I I used to sit down and read rule books I would go and download rule books on off the internet and read them for fun and I don't do that anymore it's like I, do, I don't have the, the the mental capacity to do that and so you just said that like you're like you're ill like I, <laughs> what's, you, what's wrong with me you hear that voice <laughs> like we're talking about just getting support groups for our board game buying habits but he sounds like he needs to go somewhere I'm just depressed. I can't read rule books anymore. Doctor, <laughs> that's help they, me. That's why they make video reviews. Just watch them. Yeah. So, um, well, I enjoyed reading rule books because I enjoyed designing games too. Right. That's true. That's true. And, and so it, it helps. It helps me to to, di- to digest the rules that way. Um, but anyway, so this this is one of those games that kind of fit into that category of like, yeah, I probably could have played it, but mm, I really didn't feel like it, you know. And I'm hoping that that's going to change. Um, uh, our youngest is uh, five months old now, and so we're kind of getting out of those uh, really, really young, you know, baby weeks and months. And so hopefully, some of my uh, rule book reading energy will come back, and, and I'll actually be motivated to, to do this uh, and, and play games like this. That's uh, that's actually most of the games on my list I haven't played because of that. It's like I bought them, and uh, they're games I'm excited to play, but I just don't have what it takes to, to, you know, learn them and teach them to somebody at this point. Um, that's going to change. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to change. Um, so, uh, the other game that I, that I want to talk about is, uh, nothing personal. And this is, this honestly was a, it was a whim purchase for me. I got kind of caught up in the, the Kickstarter hype. This was you know, at, at a point that I was, you know, I mostly listened to the dice tower podcast a lot. They talked about it a lot. Uh, it was my first Kickstarter game I backed, I, I, so I really kind of got swept into the the whole, you know, backing it, you know, community kind of thing. Oh boy! And we've all been um, there. Uh, we're yeah, here. We're we, here for you. And we won't talk about Zombie Side. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, but this is a game that, to me, like after I got it and, I, and my jets cooled on it a bit, I was like, I'm really not that excited to play it. So this is probably a game that'll end up getting. Uh, donated or called somehow uh, from my collection so so I, now that you talk about your shelf of shame so my shelf of shame was kind of based on your shelf of shame and we even talked about it at the oh, uh, that's the con uh, <laughs> well and it was kind of a whim thing so we talked about it when when I was um, interviewing the Game Boy Geek we were, we were talking about games they oh. haven't played so, I didn't think you were going to bring this up because I thought I, it would I didn't, embarrass okay, you. Okay, well, yeah, it is kind of a little embarrassing. I wasn't going to bring this so, up. So, you're like, you, you had a good price, and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy the Manhattan Project, right? And I was like, okay. You and know. you brought this up to Dan? Yeah, and I brought it up to Dan, and he said I needed to play and Dan it. Dan said to play it. And then I <laughs> traded it for Colt Express, which I still haven't played. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. What I don't even. Hello, Sean. <laughs> what do we do with this? So I have like a double shelf of shame. How do we, really how do we like unpack this? this is just, 
That's a lot of shame right here. So, in one, but one. you know, and it's funny. But so you I, haven't had Cold Express for no, terribly too long. Maybe a couple months or yeah. so now. I'm suddenly feeling better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> and and the the Cold Express has its own like you know I laughed because. I said the Star Wars Risk has programming, and I don't really have any programming games. That's another thing I wasn't going to bring um, up today. So the the Cult yeah. Express, like, I just... We talked him into this, because, okay, Sean doesn't like programming, and we no. don't usually go for straight programming games anyway. Sean doesn't like programming games, and I and somehow you got talked into Cult Express. Yeah, and so it's just been kind of sitting there, waiting for all the people here to teach me how to play. Which this. is a great game. We need to because, caveat what we like, just I said can't. is, Cult Express does... Oh, we got a review on this. Cult yes, Express does yes. programming right. Sean read our review and he took our advice and now he's... Yeah, I just... I have It's like, chaotic and fun. I have this weird reluctancy. Like, I just don't want to read the rules, but I really want to play it and my son's so into trains right now and, of course, he, he's too your young to play Your son is too it. young to he's touch too, your board games. He's too... <laughs> <laughs> There's so many problems with this shelf of shame. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, you have toddlers; so, they don't touch your board games. No, but I mean, I sure he probably won't be I in the trains. Let my kids play with side. Is that bad? Ooh. The more you know. <laughs> Speaking of scythe, I just uh, I just purchased scythe. Now we all have it. Woo-hoo. I'm like not the odd man out anymore. That is amazing. That. You went from from an unplayed game to an unplayed game. I don't yeah. even know. And my brain just exploded. Your shelf of shame will always be on your hypothetical shelf of shame because now you can't ever play it. Do you want to add to this real quick? Because Manhattan Project was on my shelf of shame before I. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, oh you know, you goodness. talk about intimidating rules. That we one's might just be at one. the center of the universe right here, right there <laughs> on this table. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I just. You know, I went from really complicated rules to... I think Cold Express is probably fairly simple. I oh, it's very simple. Uh, yeah. oh, and so it's I very mean, it's, fun. And it's, and it's, it's so chaotic just, and fun. And I have it, two programming game caveats, and that's one of them. It's such a great game. How long did you have Manhattan Project before you didn't play it? Oh, man. When did you get rid of it? <laughs> I don't... It was a while. I mean, several months. Like, maybe half a year, at least. And long enough to, to not... Okay. Just stare at me on the shelf. I'd have to go reference my spreadsheet to see. What <laughs> That's right. We make spreadsheets. Deal with it. We make spreadsheets to manage our spreadsheets. Oh, <laughs> and I have. <laughs> oh man that's, that's oh that's deep man we got we next got... time on Puppy People Podcast my spreadsheet is my my spreadsheet <laughs> oh oh well man that's that's kind of hard to follow up man I mean, like uh, what's on I, your shelf of shame man? <laughs> my, my only my only game the game I was thinking about that I bought on a whim is uh, I bought Aquasphere by uh, Stephen yeah. Feld it's still in the shrink wrap. Like normally, I open a game up and I'm like, oh, I just want to like open it up. That's a bad know, like, sign, Gary. Punch the cardboard. Like <laughs> I don't even know why I box. bought the game. Like I already had enough kind of heavier, like complicated games, and but it was on sale, and and I was on the, the BGG Hot Deals forum, and they were like, Aquas first twenty dollars. You better get it now. And I was like, I better get it now. <laughs> I bought it. I've heard mixed reviews about Aquasphere. So why haven't you unshrink wrapped it? Is the question. Honestly, I kind of thought when I bought it, uh, I, I was mildly interested, and then I realized um, I have other games that I feel like fill that complexity. But you know? not to even take it out of the shrink wrap is saying something. Because, so because what's when, going on? when I got it, I thought, well, you know what? I got it for a good deal, and maybe I could trade it. But then I didn't realize that everyone else 
also got it for twenty dollars. Got it. And so now no one wanted for the longest time. No one wanted to trade for it. It, it lost its trade value. Right. Because I would try to go on PGG and trade for being trade. in the shrink is a, yeah. Is a, is, and and is I was thinking, nice, oh, new yeah. and shrink. I'll keep it. I'll, you know that way, and so I can I can list it as that. But you know how many copies were on BGG after that sale? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people did the same thing. It was buy it and try to sell it. Buy this normally $60 game for $20, and I'll try to trade it for a $60 game. So unless I'm wanting to trade it for uh, like nothing personal or something, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, so I, I feel like I'd rather keep it than, than go to that, you know, sure. go there. So it's still, but it's the only game I've had like in shrink for that long. And I'm embarrassed of it. Like, it's amazing you have a game in shrink at all. I'm, I'm Dude, impressed. it's like the first thing I do is like I gotta open it up and I gotta feel it and touch it. And well, there's it something it. about releasing a game from the bowels of shrink that that liberates my soul. So yeah, yeah. No, they get taking the shrink off, punching the game. Well, you know, punching the bits, the you know, the cardboard bits. Uh-huh. I, got you. I, I, I got always you. get I always get my daughter Victoria. I'm up what you putting down. She can't play a lot of the games yet. She's only seven. Mm, yeah, but she's like. She's my cardboard puncher. Like we sit there and, yeah, and she organizes. She's too. like, "Oh, so the, the the blue ones go here. Yeah, put them in that bag." And so she knows all the bits for like all these games that she won't be playing for another man, five or six. Man, years. I had colonists punched within the hour. Oh, what, are you, <laughs> what are y'all talking about? Man, that's a lot of cardboard. So, so we're talking about these whim games. What what I've found thinking back of you on, put on a my... lot. Okay, so Brian put. By the way, Brian put a lot of thought into into categorizing. This particular topic because I wanted to figure. I out I want to hear why. about your category. I want to hear about your categories before you, you have a spreadsheet you say what for you're it. next. Because no, because this helps. This might help people listening. I think this is good. So so tell me. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Brian, but tell me about no, that's fine. These, these categories that you came up with because I think this is very interesting for our topic. No, so basically these are categories like the these are the reasons why a game hasn't hit the table. Um, well, the 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 two categories I came up with for like the the. The games themselves are like games, like I said earlier, games purchased uh, a while back or received a while back that are just sitting on the shelf or whim games. Those are the two things to me that that were that made up the bulk of my uh, shelf of shame. Um, I wanted to think through why I hadn't played them. You know, it's like, well, what is it about it? You know, and so um, the first reason was time. Um, that which is uh, to me kind of a cop out. It's a pretty um, generic reason. It's everybody says that, right? Right. So. Um, so to try to uh, define that a little deeper, I said basically newer stuff wants to come out first. It's like I'm, the the newer something is, the more fresh it is for me, uh, you know, out of the out of the box, and so I'm more excited to play it. Um, so the second one I mentioned earlier is the the learning and teaching energy that it takes uh, to actually teach some of these. You talked about Kanban, Gary. I mean, yeah. like it takes uh, a a good chunk of time. And a good chunk of effort to learn the game, and then to sit down with people and try to translate that to them to get them to play it. That just takes a lot of energy. I want to play it with you guys, but I want you guys to all watch plenty of videos so that when you show up at the house, we just go. Yeah. Well, what what is it that you do, Brian? Where you you like play a solo variant just to teach yourself so you can teach? I others? always yeah. If if it's a big game, big meaty game, I always play by myself or at least with my wife. She she's cool. She she lets me do this. So, um, but yeah, you're right. I, I refuse to teach a game I've never played before. Uh, so the next uh, reason was uh, group dependency, and uh, um, I think that kind of fits in with my next one. Is it's really more of a situation 
filler games are a situation kind of game. Mm. Large groups are a situation type of mm. game. Um, We've talked about that recently because among us, we have a lot of filler games we haven't got to the table. Right. right. And so, like, for me, um, I usually have time to get to a game night, play the big game, and then leave. I don't, ha- I don't ever really get time, the downtime in the middle of other games to play filler games. Like, there's no filler time for me it's, at game it's, nights. It's like the idea of a filler game is... You know, really good when you think of it hypothetically, and then when in actuality, it's very, it's just very ironic in that way, right? Because you think I'm buying Skull, which is which is a really quick, easy cool. filler game, very cool game. But but in the the irony is you, in your mind when you're buying it, this is going to hit the table. Any this this has the potential to hit the table at any time, and then it doesn't. I I sometimes have the opposite problem though. I have I buy filler games. And then I'll play with like family or extended family. That's all they want to play. And so like I'll bring these like big box cool games. Like, come on guys, let me t- let you teach this game, t- teach you this game. Oh no, let's just play Resistance ten yeah. times. No, that's interesting. you know. Okay. Yeah, so, so I have the opposite problem. So that's another. Uh, you bring up Resistance, like the group size. Normally, the groups I play with, I, I track my my plays on on the uh, board game stats app, and most of my group sizes are three people, three to four people, and so games that really shine at eight i never you know i never get to play those and so i have a space cadets dice duel sitting on my shelf i'm never going to get to play that game Mm. as much as i want to play that game i just don't ever have i don't have that situation come up where i have eight people you know i know i can play with fewer but i really want to play with eight so Mm. or or something like what was the new sub game? Captain Sonar. yeah captain Sonar. you have to and that's like specific eight right that'd be so hard in my mind, like I can't buy it, no matter how good it is, because it's just so specific. It's that's a very specific eight, and 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 here's the thing about that: like you almost have to have a bigger group than eight, like what we have at primetime here in town, mm-hmm. and then just having pe- people that are willing to be spectators. Otherwise, I mean, just to say we're going to wait for this to get eight people, right? You know, it's, it's just it's, it's just hard. So these situation type of uh, games. Um, another reason was. And this was really was one specific game in my collection that I really want to play. But um, what, what is the game? It's called Impulse. It's okay. a very small 4x game, actually. That um, I'm really, I'm really excited to play it. Okay. Except I'm not nearly as excited now because I read the rule book and it was horrible. Did you? <laughs> did you? Oh, it's okay. a horrible game. That's the reason why. Wait, I did it. wait, wait, wait. Did you? Did you buy it on Impulse? No. No, I'm not. This is one. Oh, yeah, that would been good. This is one that I heard about long before it really? released and went on my list. And so I watched and watched and watched until it came out. And finally, it came out. I read the rule book. I even got online and looked at other people's explanations of the rules, and they were they were still confusing. Mm. Like people couldn't decide. So it's just a bad game. Well, no, it's a bad rule book. Bad rule book. Yeah, it can rule be a books good are game. important. Yeah, and hey, amen. And, and this is rule coming from a guy who, you're right. Like I don't mind a mediocre rule book. Like. I can get through them and, and figure the game out, but this this rule book was that's bad. Bad, so it just yeah. left a real bad taste in my mouth, and I was like, eh, I'm not motivated to play you now. So, yeah, <laughs> it's very personal. Because yeah. you're, you're now punishment to his games for, yeah. for having a bad rule book is you'll never get played game. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you game. <laughs> so I guess the last the last reason that I came up with um, is that it's just not my style of game, like. Um, like the longer I play games, the more I really hone in on what my style is. 
and granted, I, uh, I mean, my style of game changes from from now to then sometimes, and so some of these might come back into favor, I guess. But like right now, I look at it, I'm like, I'm just not interested in in playing, you know, a game with you know backstabbing and a lot of uh, uh, diplomacy type of situations. Um, so that's that's actually nothing personal. It's just not my. It's, it's a game that I'm not excited to play because it's just it doesn't seem in my wheelhouse right now. So those were my cool. Those were my categories, my reasons. Cool. Yeah, I could add to that. Uh, one one of the reasons that that drives me crazy, like you talk about the filler games. I kind of went on a a run of buying a lot of filler games, and particularly a lot of two player filler games. Mm-hmm. So adding to that would be too many of the same type of games where I look at my shelf and I think I want to play this but I really really just play this one and the other one just never gets played yeah no, so I, I, I totally get that I bought a lot of two player games um, and I, not too many but I have one on, uh, I have uh, Tides of Time that I still haven't played yet oh um, man because I have uh, I have uh, Patchwork I have Onitama I have a, mm-hmm. like a bunch of other really good two player games and I'm like you know, I'm, I'm sure Ties of Time will come out eventually, but um, it's just another two-player game I have that... Um, keep keep it, though. That's one that you should play with your wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually game. like when you can like take like on a date night or something. It doesn't take up a whole lot of... Yeah, keep that bed. one. Keep that one. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. No, it's it's staying on my shelf. Hey. And if you have Tides of Time, or if you don't have it, it's only like, what, 12 bucks. Well, and, and also, if you if you want something even a little bit more deeper than Tides of Time, the Tides of Madness adds one extra mechanic to it. Uh, um, but... Tides of Time is beautiful. Tides of Madness. The, the artwork is, is is dark. Well, we're talking beautiful like scenery versus uh, Cthulhu. So, but the, the, so we're talking about games that are similar to other games. I have Tides of Time, and I like want Tides of Madness too. Just I don't yeah. know because apparently you can like maybe mix them or something. I heard. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe like a four player game or. Quit spreading rumors. Uh, maybe I just made that up in my mind. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you just wanted it to be true. I'm trying know. to convince myself to buy it, but I'm also not wanting to. Yeah, anyway. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to have a conversation about games and our, our, our shelf of shame and uh, why Shuck has a game that he he didn't play and then traded for a game that he has no longer played. He we, is we ashamed. Ex- we explored ashamed. that a little bit. So thanks for joining us while we talk about our shame. Uh, for more Pub Meeple content, check us out at www.pubmeeple.com. There you'll find links to our YouTube channel. We've got some great foam core uh, insert guides. We've got some DIY videos. Um, we've got a lot of great content on there. And as always, just uh, if you have any questions, just uh, you can hit us up uh, at, at Pub Meeple at, on Twitter or shoot us an email from our website, and uh, we'll see you next episode. See y'all. But, do, do um, they have do they have groups for that or help like meets? I need one. Hey, if anybody out there knows of a group, <laughs> I need well, this. <laughs> how about let's start another game group where we can tell our wives that it's some kind of support group, <laughs> and then we meet at the library like every every second Monday, and and we're helping one another by playing through our games. Yeah, it's like, a, hi, my know. name is Brian. No, I'm the other Brian. Yeah. <laughs> no, the other one. And today I've brought Cave Troll. <laughs> okay, Brian, let's break this game out. It's done. So, Send me uh, to hijack you. No, no, it's okay. So I, I'm going to talk about a couple of mine, but you're not going to obviously hear about all the ones on my uh, shelf. Of-